Is that Blue Christmas? Sound a little bit like Blue Christmas? Okay, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for being here, everybody. It's a, a beautiful day, a beautiful day in the neighborhood. And uh, we have a special event today. We have a, a baptism. It's the first baptism here in a bit. And we're looking forward to, uh, to that event. And, uh, but we're going to pray over the worship and the word and the service today. Heavenly Father, we thank you. God, we thank you again for the opportunity to gather here and to worship your name, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness to your body, to your people, to your church, to your bride. And we thank you that we can come together each week and glory in your presence. And we just ask that you anoint this service, this worship time, this word, this uh, baptismal service today, Lord God. Let it all go according to your plan. And we just ask that your spirit be here amongst us, that you continue to minister to us today as you have each and every week, Lord God. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Are you washed in the blood? Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood? Thank you. 
and all the angels and authorities and powers accept his authority. Lord God, we accept your authority. We surrender to your authority. We submit to your authority, Lord God. We are safe in your arms. We are safe in your care, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you for being in control of every detail of our lives, Lord. And we just, we trust you, Lord. We have faith and we trust you, Lord. You are good all of the time. Praise your mighty name, Jesus. Singing How Great Thou Art, How Great Thou Art, I was thinking... As great and majestic as he is, we, it's somewhat feeble, our attempts to worship, but the Bible says to make a joyful noise. And I'm glad he set the bar kind of low so that all of us can get involved. We don't have to have a perfect skill or a perfect voice to praise God and to tell him how great he is. We don't have to be the most uh, accomplished in the city or the, or the state. We can all come. And the Bible says to lift your voice and make a joyful noise and to worship all of us. Um, I'm glad I can play guitar a little bit so that I don't have to sing so loud. Um, One sound sounds better than the other sound. Um, The kids got for, for Christmas, the kids got a gift from grandma, a kalimba, an instrument I didn't even know existed. You got one too. See, you guys can become kalimba experts and have a chorus of kalimba worshiping the Lord. It's a joyful noise. It sounds joyful. I've heard it. Sounds good no matter what you do with it. Pretty good. You're pretty good? I bet. I bet. How great he is. An amazing grace, amazing grace, a reason to come and worship. we're honored to come each week, and we're honored to lift our voices to him. We're honored that he listens to our, our praises, and he listens to our needs and our prayer requests. Today, we're going to have uh, the baptism of Evan James Haynes. And as mom said, all are invited to come and be baptized. If you've been baptized before, you can be baptized again. Audrey and I were baptized in a fountain this summer. Was it summer? I don't even know if it was summer. It was just peer pressure, you know, everybody else was doing it. We'd already been baptized, but we did it again. So uh, it's okay, whatever the Good morning. If you can turn to 1 Kings 18 while I'm saying a few words here, I just want to say a few words this morning that I pray will be a blessing to us. 1 Kings chapter 18, and we'll be getting with verse 41. A few weeks ago, Don told the story that happened in this same chapter and the chapters before, where Elijah rebuilt the, the altars that had broken down from neglect by the people. And they were worshiping the idols and the groves and the gods of Baal and all of that. And Elijah was fresh off of God performing one of the most astounding miracles of all time. You remember he placed the, the first he asked the gods of Baal and the prophets of Baal to come forth and get their gods to do something with the sacrifice and nothing happened. And they, they taunted them and said, well, maybe he's in the bathroom or maybe he's asleep or whatever. 
Nothing happened. And then Elijah said, watch this. And you remember they put the sacrifice on the altar. And they built the wood up underneath the altar. And they filled the trench around the altar with water. And then Elijah prayed. And this is not my message. This is the beginning just to set the stage of my message. And Elijah prayed. And God sent fire from heaven down to the altar. And from the top, with the fire of God, consumed the sacrifice, the stones, the wood, and all the water in the trenches. And this is where our story today starts. Hmm. At the end of that, when, when that had happened, God had told Elijah, you gather up every single one of those prophets of Baal, and you take them down to the river Kishon, and you slay them there. Do not let one escape. The prophets of Baal were evil, deceitful, trying to steal the people away from God, and God would not have it. He was a jealous God and said, destroy them. So this is where our story starts today in verse 41. But the children of Israel, the land, was still in terrible drought so Elijah seized upon this moment of rising faith in the people from just having seen God perform a miracle of miracles, something that was impossible for man to achieve. God did it in the midst of all of them for all of them to see. But here they were still in drought. So Elijah's faith was high, the people's faith was high, and he went out on a limb, and he said these words to the king, verse 41, get thee up, O king, and eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink. And Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth, and he put his face between his knees in travail and subjugation to God. And Elijah said to his servant, after he had prayed, he said to his servant, go up now and look toward the sea, and he went up and he looked and he said, there's nothing there. I can't see anything. And Elijah said, go again. And the servant came back and said, there's nothing there. I can't see anything. Seven times Elijah repeated this, go up again. And on the seventh time, you know the story. Verse 44, maybe we're in the fourth or the fifth time right now. Just keep reading. 
And it came to pass at the seventh time that the servant said, look, behold, there arises a little cloud out of the sea. It's only the size of a man's hand. You can hardly see it, but it's there. And Elijah said, that's it. That's all I need to know. And he told the servant, go up and tell Ahab, get in your chariot and get down this mountain because there's going to come a torrential rain and you'd better get home before it starts. And it came to pass. In the meanwhile, that the heaven was black with clouds and wind and there was a great rain and Ahab rode to Jezreel in his chariot and the hand of the Lord was on Elijah and he girded up his loins and he ran before Ahab in the chariot and outran his chariot to the gates of Jezreel, a distance of 30 miles. What's my point? I think it's time for us to say a thing, to declare a statement, to put our, our stake in the ground and say, I've been up the mountain, I've looked, I haven't seen anything yet. Just keep going up that mountain, keep looking. God is listening, he is watching, and he will confirm his word. When the evidence just isn't there, what do you do? Do you give up and quit? No, no, you put your faith in God. We must say it now. It's time to declare the thing we need by faith, by faith. We don't see it yet, but we know God sits on his throne because he told us last week that he did. And you say, how? How do you connect the thing together? Galatians 5 verse 6. It says, For in Jesus Christ there is neither circumcision nor uncircumcision. And what does this mean? It means that there's no strength or there's no answer, there's no benefit to following the law. This is what Paul was talking to the church of Galatia about. Stop worrying about the rules and regulations of the law. Put your faith in Jesus Christ. For in Jesus Christ, there is neither circumcision nor uncircumcision. You don't need to argue about it's this or it's that. It makes no difference. But faith works by love. And this is what the Lord put on my heart so strongly yesterday morning. What does it mean, faith works by love? 
The love spoken here, I looked it up, I spent all afternoon researching this. It is the agape kind of love. And as you know, that's the love that comes from God to man. Yes, God expects us to have love for one another, and we do, and that love comes from God because the Bible says God is love. But the agape love that this is talking about here is the love that God has for us. So if faith works by love, I'm still talking about going up the mountain and looking for the cloud because the rain is coming. If faith works by love, then don't you think the closer we get to the Lord, the more we know his word, the closer we come to accepting his love for us, our faith grows, exponentially grows, because we know his character is love, because we recognize his movements. We've already said that this time is a quiet time. We don't see what's going on under the surface, but we know God is working underneath the surface. We know his words because we read them and we hear them in our spirit, just like Elijah did when he told Ahab, there's going to be rain. Get ready. Go eat your dinner, get your things packed, and get in your chariot because the rain is coming. 1 John 4 and 10 says, Herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. And this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if he, we know that he hears us, whatsoever we shall ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. It's true, there was no rain. There wasn't even a speck of a cloud in the sky. And over and over, the servant had to come back down that mountain and tell Elijah in defeat, there's nothing. Why do you keep sending me there? Why do you keep expecting me to come back with some other answer? Because there's nothing there. But after his obedience and after Elijah exercising his faith seven times, the cloud appeared. And from that appearance of that cloud, what happened next? The sky turned black. The thunders rolled. The winds whipped. This is what the Bible says. It doesn't say thunder. It says uh, the winds were boisterous and big. It was just a teeny cloud, just the size of a hand, but it was enough because it confirmed Elijah's faith. And he declared, that's it. He acted on it. Now go tell Ahab, get ready to go because the rain is coming. And God rewarded his faith with a supernatural feat 
to run, outrun a chariot and horses for 30 miles, and he beat Ahab to the city. I want to ask you, have you heard in your spirit that there's going to be a sound of rain? Have you heard the sound of rain? Have you known in your heart something's happening? I think we could all say yes to that. Have you seen in your spirit's eye your children and your grandchildren coming to the knowledge of Christ? Have you seen God's hand move over this nation to the point of revival, breaking out, spiritually seen it? I have. I have. Or maybe, maybe you're the servant in the servant's place right now who's already looked several times and you can't see anything. You just have nothing, no confirmation. You have nothing to hang your faith on. We need a big vaccination of the love of God because the Bible says faith works by love. And when we dwell in his love, his provision, his word, and we declare what we have seen in our spirit and seen with our spiritual eye, it causes our faith to grow. Don't you know that God intended to put that little cloud in the sky from the very beginning? But he wanted to test the faith of both, of both Elijah and the servant. And then when the scripture says that the skies turn black with clouds and wind, and then the rains came. First, there was a period of blackness, darkness, harshness, ugliness before the rains came. I believe this is where we are right now. We've heard the sound of rain spiritually. We've prayed and we've believed and we've decreed. We're just waiting to see the evidence of that tiny little cloud. And then the skies turn black and the clouds come and the winds roar. And then the rains come. Christ loves his church. For when he pours out his spirit in revival, he does it through the church. The remnant, the bride of Christ, those who have held true to the faith of God and the cross of Christ. For if we are in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything, but only faith activated and expressed and working through love. Let's pray. Oh God, we thank you for your love. Lord, we do ask for a vaccination of your love today so that our faith remains strong, so that our faith remains fixed upon you, Lord, for as we're climbing the mountain over and over again, oh God, 
We want to see the speck of the cloud. We want to see the evidence, Lord, to engage more and build more faith. But we know it comes from your love for us. And we're so grateful for that. We give you the praise and the glory and the honor. And I pray, oh God, that this seed would embed in our hearts to renew our strength and our faith. In Jesus' name, we ask it.